Once again, our God and our King, we come with songs of worship to sing about your great name, your awesome person, to sing about your majesty, about your throne, about your reign, your eternal reign, your eternal dominion. Lord, there are not enough songs to sing about you. But we honor you from the depth of our hearts this evening, coming with the attitude of brokenness before you, before your presence. Just in all of you, our Lord and our King, our Maker, our Savior, we bless your name tonight. Thank you for the table that you have prepared before us to feed us, even by your Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the grace that has been made available already, which your spirit is willing to distribute to hearts. As many who have come by this stream tonight, who have come with their vessels ready to be filled, their vessels ready to be to fetch out of your, your waters. Lord, I thank you because there is such an abundance of release of mercy in your heart to feel every heart tonight and even to bless every soul thank you for the gift of utterance and the gift of understanding thank you for the ability which you will give to for us to fetch and to, to see and find wondrous things in your law thank you for the anointing of teaching the anointing that causes your word to flow that opens the book and that brings leading and direction thank you because of the anointing that can fetch words which men cannot put together, the anointing that teaches. Thank you. We come under him tonight and we pray. May he divide his book and open his book and lead us in the pastures of his book. Thank you, our Lord and our, our Savior tonight. With, you said with joy we will draw waters out of the wells of salvation. May you Give us sufficient measures of joy to, as we draw out of your waters. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. Use my heart and use my tongue and use my vessel. Not, it's not a perfect one, but you can use it nonetheless. Use it as you please so that we can be blessed tonight, our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Good evening. Amen. Um, greetings to everybody. Thank you for joining us again today. Praise God. Um, I hope you're having, we're all having a wonderful week so far. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Father, we thank you. We give glory to your name. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you. Shemahanostius. Paranasia halamatori kahivana hoste paihano. Karanosa panota. Evanotas presto oria aria. Kariha ferahero. Ferahero. Fonihanso to priest you. Sayan to my to priest you. Yelios the spirit to priest you. To make you a priest. To make you home and to priest you. Priest you. Often I told me, because you're funny, often to feast you. To offer you. To offer you even the priesthood. To give you, bring you into the priesthood. To bring you even into the priesthood. Thank you, Father. Amen. Praise God. Let us open our Bibles to... Um, let us see. Exodus. Let's see first Peter. First. <clears throat> Praise God, are we ready tonight? To, um, thank you, Father. First Peter chapter two. Should they say Amen? For doors are be being opened, say the Lord. For doors are being opened, even unto you. Doors for to give you access into the priesthood. Doors of entrance into the priesthood have been, have been opened to you. Um, these doors are doors of access and doors for establishment for, for your soul. For your, yet your soul shall be established. Amen. Your heart will be established. Amen. And you shall be established, you shall come into establishment even in the priesthood, Amen. as I have desired, said the Lord. For, for you will not no longer be as the hidden people, for, for even as the priesthood op- opens up even more, even show, so shall your separation increase, Amen. and you will find a new place of rest. A new place of inheritance. See the Lord. See the Lord. Amen. Amen. For for we have proposed this thing. For this is a holy thing which we have proposed. For this is a holy work upon the earth which we shall do, which we shall bring to pass. That men shall shall arise from the earth, and men shall be raised from the earth, and statues shall be raised as priests from the earth, and even many this men this many both men and women shall be raised and shall be a wonder to many they shall be a wonder to the nations they will be a wonder to the uh, to the world and to the whole earth even when the dividends of the priesthood of the priestly life begins to be made manifest for for even the students of this priesthood the student of this school 
the students of this priesthood, for they, there will be a time when they even shall be graduates, when they shall graduate, and when they shall embody the life of this priesthood and carry it upon the earth. Amen. And such men will walk the earth, saith the Lord. Amen. Such men, many of such, will walk the earth. These are, this will be souls of righteousness, kings of righteousness, kings of peace. They shall walk the earth. They shall walk the earth, Amen. and they shall, they shall carry the covenant of peace Amen. even upon, even upon the earth. Say the Lord, Amen. praise the Lord, Amen. Hallelujah, Amen. praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's see First Peter chapter two. Um, if you are there, say Amen. Amen. Um, let's read from verse. Nine. Let's just read verse 9 for now. It says that, But ye are a chosen generation. You are a chosen generation, a, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of God, or the praises of him. Praise God. Amen. 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 Exodus 19 verse 6. Um, praise God. See Exodus. So that's. Uh, praise God. This place says that we should show for the praises of him. Right. Who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? Right. Let's. Yeah. Well, before we go to Exodus, let's read, let's just read a little bit more. The next verse here it says, "Which in time past were not a people, right, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy." Amen. What well, an awesome thing which had not obtained mercy, but now had obtained mercy. Praise God. Um, Exodus chapter 19. Verse, let's read from verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. It says, In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai, for they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness. And there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord came unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel that ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on, on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Praise God now. That bringing unto myself there is not, is not necessarily to, to God or the Lord. Amen. Amen. But it was just talking of... So when, he, when they had crossed the... Um, river, the Red Sea. When you are, you came. They came into the wilderness. Yeah. He's called. He that's that starts from himself. That's where 
himself starts because that's where the phrase gone. Hallelujah. Uh, that himself is is where the is the first landing point of deliverance. Mm. It's the first place of deliverance mm. where the that was the first taste of mm. freedom yes. that they had. Yeah. And and you know any you can't find freedom out anywhere. Mm. Any if you can find any space for your soul where mm. there is freedom, it means it's a space that God has has actively created mm-hmm. for the soul to dwell anywhere, any place outside the provisions of God, mm-hmm. a soul can never be free. Mm-hmm. Praise God! Hallelujah. A soul, so any soul who can, who can, who can experience a, a realm mm-hmm. where there is, you come under the jurisdiction of God. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, means you begin to enjoy the. The, you began to enjoy the dividends of mm. the person mm. of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so as soon as they crossed the Red Sea, mm. they had already happened. And he was saying that I brought them, I brought them out. Praise God. How I bear you. He said, I bear you on eagle's wings and brought you onto that eagle's wings. That means, means the wings of strength. Mm. <coughs> Amen. Amen. Eagle's wings, that means what? The wings... The wings of strength. The eagle's wings is actually the <coughs> the strength. The eagle's strength is the strength of the of the is the is the beginning of the strength of God. Mm. That's the <coughs> the eagle's strength. Is the what is the beginning of the strength? Oh, <coughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> Something got stuck in my throat. <coughs> yeah. So the eagle's strength, or is also this, is the strength of ascension. Is the strength of ascension? Is this, is the is the beginning of strength of the strength of God? Mm-hmm. Praise God! Because the, one of the power of the eagle is to to break the heights, to actually ascend into the heights where the eagle how the height the eagle can fly to. Normal birds cannot fly to that point. So. So the eagle is a is a is a, a creature that has been designed to to go up. Mm. To, to to and the eagle's this, its wings are strong mm. that it can carry weight on its mm. wings and fly. Mm. That's how the the eagle is. Praise God. So this eagle's strength is the is the strength of Deliverance. That's where, and the Lord had to do that to be able to break them free from Egypt. Egypt, of course, we know is the the type of the world. Amen. It takes strength to deliver a soul, to make a soul make some separation from the world. Means that they are. It means that strength, uh, a supernatural kind of strength, has begun to exact upon you, or has begun to exact. Upon your soul, mm-hmm. praise God. Hallelujah. It's good for us to know this thing, or to be reminded of these things, because mm-hmm. if sometimes the enemy can make us feel like um, like God hasn't done too much for us, mm-hmm. um, that's why it's good to always be count your blessings, mm-hmm. right? Because <laughs> I, I know that none of us is the same that as we were when we started walking with the Lord when mm-hmm. we. Praise God when the grace of God began to visit us. 
right? And so it is supernatural strength that has that has caused our soul to journey. Mm. It takes supernatural strength, mm. praise God, <clears throat> to cause a soul what to cause a soul to journey. And, and the Lord did this, you know, removing delivering Israel from Egypt was God did it by it it was there was an involvement of a show of strength. It was by strength. It was by force. Uh, right? <laughs> Beginning of separation of from the world starts by force. That's the first point, right? It's by force. Yeah. Amen. Later on they begin to talk to you more about making you agree. You know what I mean? But they initially is by uh, is by a show of force what if do you know that if the as when they got to the red sea if the egyptians were not behind them with their armies they wouldn't have crossed the red sea if moses had begun to raise the conversation of maybe trying to see how they can cross it they would just tell him moses thank you we knew, we just followed you here because we just wanted to give you chance so you it wouldn't be as if we didn't try. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Moses, we thank you. We thank you and your God. We just want to let you know that we believe you are a prophet, but we know you have special dealings with God. Maybe it's not for all of us. Praise God. But the Lord had to do... <laughs> he had to set up the arrangement. Praise God. You know, he said it. He said that with a strong arm. Did I do what? Deliver. Did I deliver you? Praise the Lord. So that initial... Measurement. Anybody who, who has measured any kind of separation from the world, when mm. you can see any sort of separation from the world, mm. know that there has been an exertion of strength from heaven. There has been an exertion of supernatural strength, praise God, over, over your life to, to get you there. So verse 4, it says that you have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagle's wings and brought you unto myself. Say unto myself. <laughs> I brought you unto myself. I love that word. I brought you unto myself. Now, when, like I said before, when he says myself, for this myself here is a vast world that there are worlds inside. The first point of myself that you get to is the realm of training. Is the school. The first place you get to when you are getting to God is you get into the school of God. Mm. You are, God has to bring a soul into his school of training. Mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Which is the first point. Mm. Um, that place of, that school of training is also the place of, is also is the place of waiting. Mm. Amen. Amen. You see in the book of Isaiah chapter 40, right? It says that they that the weight upon the Lord that they renew their strength. So, like they like they renew their strength, they will what mount up with wings as eagles. So, so at first they were carried on eagles' wings into the into the wilderness. But as at some point they would now learn how to develop their own wings and to mount up their own wings as eagles. They will learn to, to walk and not be weary. They will learn to run. And they will, and they will not faint. Praise the Lord. You know, the, the <coughs> ability to... Those are all wilderness uh, conversations. 
the ability to not to faint you learn that in the wilderness that's the training that the wilderness imparts to the soul is the ability not to faint and that ability not to faint is a strength which a soul must have the ability to not faint praise god i know am i saying something today is this making sense to to us um praise god so so the part of the the part of training, the part of development spiritually is a very, very... When I'm reading this book of Exodus, I'm just amazed at... Just, I'm just amazed at the lens, what God did. The details, the sophistication of the plan uh, that God had for his people. Amen. Amen. So it says here that, and verse 5, that now therefore, I, if you will obey my voice, indeed, am I correct? And keep my covenant. So after you've been carried on eagle's wings, right, and then you've been brought unto him, yeah. then there's not something you ought to begin to do. We say you will need to be hearing his voice. You need to hear his voice. Yeah. If you hear his voice indeed, and keep, said, and you keep my covenant. Now, of course, you need to hear his voice before you become a keeper of the covenant do you agree <clears throat> why because the voice is the teacher of the covenant so before you can keep it it must have been taught to you you must have heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it it must have been delivered to you before you become a keeper of it so it says if therefore you will obey my voice obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. Right? Mm-hmm. For all the earth is mine. Then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine. Verse 6. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. <clears throat> right? Then these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Amen. Amen. So you shall be unto me a kingdom of what? A kingdom of priests. You will be unto me a kingdom of priests. Praise the Lord. You will be unto me a kingdom of priests. So in order to be a peculiar treasure, eventually you must be, you must be a kingdom of priests. A kingdom of priests. That's the reason for the deliverance from the world. The reason for deliverance from the world is to come into a priestly dominion. Or the the, the reason for the deliverance from the dominion of Egypt is to come into another dominion which is priestly in nature. Amen. Amen. So now this thing about priestly dominion. Say priestly dominion. dominion. Now this is an aspect of dominion that has not been fully understood about the kingdom of God. The nature of the dominion. The nature of the word of dominion. So if he says that I will make you shall be unto me a kingdom right? Of priests. Now I love the let's break that that phrase down. It means that anything that has to do with kingdom, first of all, is unto God. Mm. 
right, the, both the exercise of dominion, the expression of dominion is unto God, right? And anything that is unto God must be priestly. Praise the Lord. That's the prerequisite of anything that is unto God. It must be priestly. It must be priestly. Amen. Now, what is the meaning of priestly? What is the meaning of priestly? For something to be priestly. Amen. Amen. Priesthood. For something to be priestly. For anything that is priestly has is something that has that is in a position of covenant with God. That is just the if you want to find out the meaning of the de- the full just the basic definition of priesthood of of priestly of what it means to be priestly of what it, the meaning of priesthood. Priesthood just means it means a a devotion to covenant. Priesthood actually means a priesthood means a profession that has to do with with agreeing with God. Is a is a priesthood means a dedication to making a to agreement with God. Priesthood means affairs. That has to do with agreement with God. Does that make sense? What did I say? Yes. It has to do with agreement with God. So, so anything that has to do with agreement to God, with God, agreeing with God, is priestly in nature. That's the meaning of priesthood. It has to do with, because like I said, it has to do with the keeping of covenant. Right? I know the word covenant means to agree. A covenant means an agreement. Right? A covenant is an ag- agreement that has been sealed. Well, well, it's an agreement that joins two parties together. So it means that both parties have come to agree on a matter. Right? That is a covenant. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so here, the, this covenant, so if you want to, to make no person, no soul can be priestly without covenant. Yeah. Or no soul can be priestly. Maybe if you're using the word covenant, it does a scriptural word, yeah. but I, I want to use using the word agreement a little more so that it can it can resonate more with us. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, no soul can be priestly without agreement. Mm-hmm. It means this, your priestly strength is the measure of agreement that you have with God. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, if you want to measure, you can take, when you take a man and say, okay, I mean, someone said I'm a Christian, and okay, let's check if you are, if you are priestly. Or if you have a, an allocation, a lot in the priesthood, mm. we will have to now check inside you and see mm. how many portions, how many milestones, how many points of agreement mm. with God do we find in, in you. Mm. Or we'll check you and dissect you and say, okay, how many things about you agrees with God? Mm. 
So that and, and, and you might say, wow, really? Wow, that's that very simple. So you mean almost all of us are priests then? If you go by that definition, it sounds like priesthood is just a simple thing. Wow, so you agree with God, but mm-hmm. praise God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. 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 But you see that thing called the agreement with God. Mm-hmm. You see that for man, men and God to agree, mm-hmm. it's not a trivial matter. Yes, it's not a trivial matter. Praise God. Hallelujah. For men and God to do what? So, to agree. Not it's not a trivial matter. It's, not, it's actually not easy mm-hmm. to agree with God. Amen. Amen. Now, this whole the battle, battle that God was fighting with Israel from the, their inception, even when he prophesied concerning them, right, unto when towards the end of, of and then when Jesus Christ came and all of God's conversation about Israel is God is looking for a people who he can agree with, who can have agreement with him. Now, another word for agreement is actually peace. Right? It's, that's another word for agreement. It's, it's peace. Peace. Um, so, uh, so this agreement is with, with man, that God wants to have with man, is the agreement that that J- David, sorry, um, Jacob prophesied in, in Judah when he said in, in the book of Genesis, right, that um, a scepter will not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver. Praise God. You see, the scepter and the lawgiver, they go together. Amen. Because the kind of, the kind of scepter, you can't have the scepter, the God's kind of scepter, not the, the earthly kind of, of scepter. Because scepter means it's, it's a symbol of dominion and it's a symbol of authority. And so you cannot have a place where God's scepter rests. Now what scepter means, you have the, you have a place where the scepter, the dominion of God is resting in the place. You know, when you're thinking of scepter, maybe you're thinking of one rod or something like that. Maybe pictorially you can think of it that way. <laughs> But, but when you're thinking of scepter in the spirit, it's talking of it's actually is a thing that can rest in his soul. Mm. It's a symbol of authority mm. of God mm. that can rest. That that thing actually rested in Jesus. Mm. It rested in, inside of his soul. Mm. That is actually is it's a scepter of God. It's something that can marry nature. Mm. That if God permits. It will. It can marry a nature like like that scepter. Mm. God gave that scepter to Jesus, mm. and Hebrews chapter one made a record of it mm. at, at the point when he did it. Mm. Praise the Lord, Amen. 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 Right, so the scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom, because because you've loved righteousness. So he saw the because of the properties in that. So yeah. so any time the the scepter is. Is being given to a soul. It is given on the basis of an agreement mm. that is resting with the soul. Mm. Praise God! You cannot have um, the scepter of of the of of the divine spiritual kingdom mm. cannot rest in a soul mm. when without agreement. This is what is it's if you find an the agreement with what the scepter is about. Mm. 
within the soul, mm-hmm. then you can give the scepter to the soul. Or that scepter is a symbol of the dominion mm-hmm. that you can give to the soul. Mm-hmm. Now, so why would, in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, will he give him the scepter of righteousness? It's because he loved righteousness. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing that? Mm-hmm. So, so his, the love of righteousness in him was a covenant. Mm-hmm. It's actually an agreement. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Because righteousness is the foundation of the throne. Mm-hmm. Like God's throne is made up of righteousnesses at different levels. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing that? Yes, so he said the scepter will not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until peace comes, until Shiloh comes, until the man that can, that can bring about the preacher of peace, mm-hmm. the one that can bring about the making of peace, mm-hmm. that can bring about teachment to agree with God. Mm-hmm. Until that man comes and then unto him shall the gathering of the people. Why would the, why would the gathering of the people be unto him? It's because the people are gathered to make peace mm. with God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The people are what? They are gathered to make peace with God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So he said, And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and then an holy nation. And holy nation, a kingdom of priests. When you become a kingdom of priests, then you become an holy nation. Let's read that again. Let's just, if you can put your hands there, let's read if the, what the way it says it in the book of First Peter. In First Peter chapter 2. But you are a chosen generation, then then you are a royal a what? A royal priesthood and an holy nation and then a peculiar people. Do you see that progression? It's actually a progression in First Peter chapter two, verse nine. Praise God. It's a progression. You are a chosen generation, right? A royal priesthood. So the chosen generation are the people who have enjoyed the, the manifestation, the initial manifestation of the strength of God mm. to, to choose a generation mm. is an operation of strength. Mm. When a, a chosen generation, to choose a generation, choosing means you, you are able to take it out mm. of the rest for a purpose. To choose a generation. You know, choosing is more than being just being called. It says that many are called, but few are chosen. Praise God. So it's not everybody who is called that is chosen. It's not everybody who is called that is chosen. So being chosen is a step beyond being called. And this is we're talking about the soul now. Praise God. Being chosen is a step beyond what? Being called. So a man can have a calling resting on them, which is the new birth. Everybody who is born again is called. Praise. How many of us believe that? If you are born again, you are called. 
Uh, amen. But amen. it is not everybody who is chosen. Those who are chosen are those who are responded to the strength of God. The souls who have responded to what? The strength of God. It takes to become chosen. A chosen generation is those people who have what? Responded to the word, the strength of God. The strength of God. They become a chosen generation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So you now see that the point of being chosen is actually the place of that initial measurement of initial separation from the world. The first point where you you mount, sorry, you mount up upon, you are carried upon the eagle's wing, which is, uh, symbolizes the strength of God. Praise the Lord. So you see those people who landed on the other side of the, of the Red Sea were people who have become chosen by God. Praise the Lord. There are people who what? Who have become chosen. You know, those chosen people were a particular generation. You agree with that? When you, are, when you begin to count the generations, praise God. And to me, I will, I will start counting generations from the time when the prophecy came forth. The Lord prophesied unto Abraham. Am I correct? He is prophesied concerning him. And then after Abraham, he gave birth to the Lord waited. He gave birth to Isaac. He gave birth to Jacob. Praise God. The Lord still waited. Then Jacob, Abraham, Isaac. Isaac gave birth to Jacob, who became Israel, the man. Then Israel, the man, then became many in what? In Egypt. And then Israel, after becoming many, it took generations for him to become many. And there were generations after generations after generations because they spent a long time in Egypt. But the Lord checked there was actually a generation, a particular generation that the Lord chose. And do you see that? Now, that he said that was the generation that I, I don't know why the Lord would have chosen that particular generation, but maybe it had to do with their capacity to respond to the strength of God. Amen. Amen. Now, to make a soul respond to strength, it might, it might not be what you think it is. It is not strength that makes you respond to strength. It is, a lot of times, it's weakness that makes you respond to strength. The Lord had to wait until Jacob became weak enough to be led out of Egypt. Do you understand that? Now, if, if Jacob, at the, at the time of Joseph, Jacob wasn't weak enough. If the Lord came to try and bring Israel out of Egypt at the time of Jacob, they would have wrestled with God and won God. They would not have. Can you see how, see how that, could, that could happen? Because, you see, Joseph, a lot of times, a lot of times, the deliverance or the, the exit from the world, the exit from the world, the exodus from the world, most of, to many souls, it doesn't come 
in the time of strength. I mean, the season of choosing doesn't come in the time of strength. It's hard to choose a strong man. Praise God. Do you hear what I said? It's hard to choose a strong man. It's hard. It's hard to choose a strong man. It's very hard. It's actually pretty hard to choose a strong man. So the season of choosing, most of the time, has to be a season of weakness. Now, if the Lord had come, the reason why the Lord could not have come in the time of Joseph was because Joseph... Joseph. Praise God. Joseph. Or when I'm saying the times of Joseph, I don't necessarily mean even even Joseph maybe personally. I mean the time of Joseph's influence in Egypt. Because there was a time when Joseph's influence was a canopy over the Israelites in Egypt. Means, and at that time, when that influence was in play, they still had strength and relevance in the nation of Egypt. Are you seeing that? And that is a strength. Now, so when the Lord will not come to deliver Israel from Egypt, when Israel still has a position of relevance in Egypt... They will not, it will not work, work. They will not agree to go. The Lord will not, most of the time, God does not deliver a soul, does not initiate deliverance of a soul from the world when the soul is still has strength of relevance in the world. I mean, if you believe that one, when the soul is still, that means you are, it's still your time. You know what I mean? It's still your time. You are still doing things. You are still raining. You still have plans. Mm. You know, you know, a soul that still has plans. It means that you still have. It's hard to to get a man who still has his own plans mm. to buy into another plan. Yes, sir. It's difficult to yes, do that. Mm. Now, a lot of times, before they can get a soul to buy into another plan, it's because when he has tried all his plans and they have failed, <laughs> and there's nothing. <laughs> You see that point? That is the point where God met almost all of us. Almost every one of us. Many of us who the Lord encountered in terms of to begin to initiate the conversation of leaving the world, it, it found us in a time when we were without strength. It has to be a time when we are... It's called due season. In due season, when we are without strength... Because he wants that God knows God knows man's strength. God does, he doesn't. We are the ones. It's, it's preachers who try to fight men, strong men, to bring them. You know, some of us we feel we are too strong. We, maybe we have too much anointing, so we have too much anointing to just bring people. Some of us have tried to do it. Our family members, our parents, our aunties, our uncles. Just wow, this truth. This fact. This is the truth. That. In fact, you have been wasting your time all this time. I have found the word for our whole family. This is the word that we are all supposed to live by. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but those guys you are talking to, they are, they are thick in their business. They don't even realize that there's anything missing in their life. They are going to church. They are serving God. They are, what, is, what concerns them with your revelation? 
You go and do your revelation. Me, I have my own things I'm doing. Are you, are you getting me? Why do you feel that I should leave my own and do your own? <laughs> Praise God. That's a man that has strength. So a man who has strength, that when you are bringing the word of righteousness, they will tell you, no, that is your own interpretation of the scripture. You know, the Lord gives us different graces to interpret the Bible in different ways. Some of us interpret in honor. Because they, there is, they still have plans. They still have, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. So, so the Lord had to wait until a king who knew not Joseph. That, that knew not Joseph... I don't think it's, if it's just that maybe that particular king who was in Joseph's time just died, then maybe his son. I believe his son would have knew jo- known yeah, Joseph. Yeah, yeah. Must, it must have, because it took some time. There had, how many generations were there? There were a few generations. To, for the, the Lord had to wait to eradicate the respect of Joseph yeah. from the land. Yes, God waited to the point where all of them had become slaves completely yeah. in Egypt. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So, so sometimes God, God can, and I know it's God who did that, mm. that made sure that those people became servants in the land. They became fetchers of waters and hewers of wood in the land of Egypt. Mm. It's just to bring them to a place where they can be chosen. Mm. Well, chosen for what? Chosen for exchange of strength. Chosen for another school of strength. To learn another strength. They, are, they were chosen to become another nation. Praise God. So they, the Bible calls them, the, they're actually the, a chosen generation. The chosen. So anytime, anytime... The Lord has granted your soul passage. It's so when God grants his soul passage over the sea. See that Red Sea? Who can divide it? Nobody has the power to divide the Red Sea of a man. Every soul has their own Red Sea. You can't take a soul across their Red Sea before it's time. Because you don't know. You don't, when you, how do you divide? Do you know how to divide a man's Red Sea? Even when Moses, when he brought them, after all the signs and wonders and everything, mm-hmm. by the time Moses got to Red Sea, Moses had to stop. Mm-hmm. And ask God, God, what do we do from here? Mm-hmm. What, did, what do we do? Is it, mm-hmm. is, it, is it time? Are you going to grant these people passage mm-hmm. over the sea? Mm-hmm. You know the question I ask you then, uh, when, how did Moses cross the, the sea? Because he was coming, he came back from the wilderness, am I correct? Yes, sir. Or maybe, or you think maybe he didn't get towards the Red Sea? Do you, do you, think, you think maybe he was just playing, someone that they were, they were looking for to kill, who killed somebody? He would have run far, as far as, I don't think he was just in the outskirts of, yeah, <laughs> of Egypt. Yeah. I don't think he was just outside the gate of yeah. Egypt. Because when you look at the map, let me, I think it's in my Bible. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. 
Amen. It's not very, very clear in this one. But, um, the Red Sea is not very far from Goshen. This is the Nile River. Yeah, this is the Red Sea. Praise God. I can't, I can't show you this thing, but if you can find your Bible, I don't know, some Bibles have it. I don't know if all Bibles have it. But, but can you see this? Look at this. This is the, this is the Red Sea. Mm. Now, these red marks here is, are the parts that the children of Israel took mm. when they left Egypt. This is Goshen here. Mm. So you see the Red Sea extend all the way here. This is all Red Sea. Are you seeing that point? So they must have crossed the Red Sea at one of these points here, mm. which is just, I, I believe mean, they exited from Egypt, from mm. Goshen. Mm. So it means it was very, very close. Mm. And, and when Moses, I don't think Moses was around here. Mm. So, so my question is, how did he cross it? <laughs> when he did his own? Maybe back and forth. Praise God. Hallelujah. There might have been some operation, which is maybe for his own, his own self. I don't know mm. how God did that. Mm. Or maybe he had a boat. It's possible maybe he just had a boat that he used mm. to cross it. I don't know. But, but my point is that when he got to that place, the Lord had to, had to give him a revelation mm. of what to do. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the Lord told him to stretch it, right? When he stretches rod. That rod is actually was a sign of the arm of God mm. that stretches to give a soul passage. Mm. It's not, there's, no, there's no amount of... You, you can't convince a soul, sweet talk a soul, mm. to gain passage out of Egypt into the wilderness. You can't, use, you can't encourage a soul into the wilderness of God. Mm. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. You can't encourage it. So that's why, if you're a preacher of the word of righteousness, it's not a ministry of encouragement. Sometimes when you're a certain way, people, some people wonder why you're a certain way. You know, maybe why, why don't you blast yourself and brought, maybe you unbill everywhere, poster everywhere. There's a way you can blow up this thing, man. Let everybody become aware. As if you don't know what this thing is. That's you, you think that's the key to it. You're talking about power, strength. Heaven must intervene to for everyone's soul who encounters this deliverance, mm. heaven has been terribly involved in your life. Every, every soul who gains access into the plains of the wilderness, mm. it means that at some point, it might not have been a very, very dramatic experience, mm. but at some point in your life, you cross the Red Sea mm. by the arm of the Lord. Mm. This should be an encouragement to somebody. What's the encouragement in this is that you didn't get to where you are by yourself. There's something. Something was working. That thing, that, that's, what the, that's what, that is the meaning of a people. You, who were not a people, now are they a people. Who had not obtained mercy, but now had obtained mercy. It, it, it takes the obtaining of mercy 
to come into the, the school of God, to come into the wilderness of God, to be a student of God, to be a student of, of when I say God, I'm encompassing Christ and God, but it's all, it's all part. God, Christ is God's product. Amen. Amen. So Christ is God's Christ. He, yeah. Christ is a property, is a possession of God. Yes, sir. Christ is God's property. Yes, it's something that God owns. Yes, sir. Amen. See, all the kingdom of this world have become the kingdom of our God and of His Christ. So that Christ is His Christ. So when you are saying coming into to God is part of. So this Himself, you don't come to Himself directly first. The part, part of himself you come to is Christ. Christ. Yes, we read it that Christ is of God. Yes, sir. When he said, of whom are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. Are you seeing that? So Christ is of God. Christ is a, is a belonging of God. Yes, is a property of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So any soul who finds his way into your, where, now, where you have you've come into the school. Now what is the school really? The school of himself. What is the school of himself? The school of himself is the school of agreement. The school of covenant. That's why if, if you tell me... Ah, I'm a child of God. How do I know? God is the one teaching me. God is the one who he teaches me every day. He's my teacher. He's the one who gives me wisdom and everything. And I ask you, okay, what are the wisdom that God has given you? Well, when it was time for me to get married, he's the one who helped me to get married, who brought the wife and all that. When it was time for me to go to school, he's the one who gave me the wisdom to go to school. When it was time for me to buy my house, in fact, the way he even did it, the real estate agent, before I was just walking on the street, and you know, I just heard the voice behind me saying that he is the agent. And I looked, behold, on my left, and there, was, <laughs> there was a guy with suit and tie. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. In fact, the way I even found the house, now God was. Am I saying God was not involved? No, but I'm just telling you that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You say, wow, God has helped me throughout the years. I'm such a wise man. What's the display of wisdom? What makes you wise? Well, you know, true kingdom principles. I've been able to do this, that, that, that. Praise God now. Those things, those are not the trainings of God. God does not train men for the world. Are you getting my, what I'm saying? It's like that's, and that was the foolishness of those men who had entered, who had entered wilderness. They began to see, we know wilderness operations are different. First of all, the light you are moving in with change. Praise God. <laughs> all your life, you, you come out, you see sun. Under the sun, you, you, you farm, you do all kinds of things. Then you enter wilderness and I brought another one on fire. During daytime. <laughs> Sorry, clouds during the day. Strange things. Mm. Then after a while, after experiencing all those things for a while, then they said it's time to go on to, to go back to Egypt. So, praise God. 
they wanted to go back to the world. Mm. But God does not train people mm. for Egypt. Mm. God didn't bring you so you can go back to, the, to Egypt. Mm. Praise God. The, the training of God, mm. the purpose why God trains a soul is mm. to teach a soul how to agree with him. Mm. Teach a soul. It's a school. The school of the spirit mm. or the school of Christ is the school of agreement. Is the school of covenant. God is, is that is Christ is the is the trainer that is the is the is the school where men are taught to make covenant with God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Are, are we making sense today? So that thing is a progression. That first Peter chapter two. Let's see it. Let's see it again. Let's go back there. First Peter two. Uh, verse verse nine. It says, But you are a you are a chosen generation, right? We know that what that means. So the purpose of choosing a generation is to teach them a peculiar kind of priesthood. A special kind of priesthood that is priestly in nature. Is a special priesthood. When you come into, after you become chosen, you are a chosen generation. Now, if you are a chosen generation, you have to realize it very quickly, you are a chosen generation. It's better for you to do, to do that. So that your journey, so you can focus on your school and focus on your learning. You can focus on what you have been separated to do. That thing means a lot of things when you have been chosen. It means that there has been a manifestation of God's strength to, to initiate your separation from the world. It's not every soul that is a Christian that that has happened to. It's not every soul who is a Christian that the strength of God has, has rested, has operated in their life to, put the, to position them in a place where they... Where a, a calling mm. of priesthood rests upon their soul. Mm. Even though you might look all the same, and I'm sorry, the way I'm, this thing sounds, I'm not, you know, some people think certain ways. Some people might feel like, wow, maybe this message is just trying, you're just trying to elevate yourself mm. above all as if you are special. You know, some people think that way. Mm-hmm. They think that, oh, so this message is trying to, you're trying to make people feel as if they are more special than others. You know, and the devil, devil, the devil is an accuser, right? Anything that God says, he can turn it into an accusation. Right? No, no, don't. I don't know why you're talking about that. Everybody, we are all the same. We are one body. Why are you trying to create, you know, these are arguments that souls might have. Praise God. Hallelujah. What I, what, I, what, I, what I said before, that it is the response to God's strength, am I correct, that mm-hmm. 
is the response to strength. Oh, sorry, response to strength, response to mercy. Yeah. And that is coming upon this is so. Now, if, it, if it, that's so that he's saying, that's accusing, oh, why can't you all be the same? Why, why are you preaching this message? You're trying to make some people more special than others. So if, if that's so, instead of trying to fight it and say, okay, fight the message, why don't you just agree? So instead of fighting it, Shay, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the same mercy, Shay, you see, you have heard it. It means that the mercy is still available to you. So instead of fighting, why don't you just be <laughs> choose the priestly life? Sometimes it's not easy to see the that idea, that thing of choice, because. We have this notion somewhere in our heart. It's almost like a is, is a gap in sighting of what happened. Mm. That we is a, a feeling like all Israelites who were in Egypt were escaped from Egypt. Mm. That every single one of them mm. is not true. Mm. That every one of them left Egypt. Mm. Let's not even go to let's say the ones who were there present when Moses came to lead them. What about their grandparents that died in Egypt, who were already dead? Who, it was not, who God did not even come in their own generation. They lived all their life in Egypt. They are Israel. Their name is Israel. They are children of Abraham, children of Isaac, children of Jacob. But they were born in Egypt and they died in Egypt. And of course, all these things are to show you that it's not guarantee. The fact that you are called doesn't mean that you will be chosen. It's not a guarantee. It's the Bible who said that many are called, few are chosen. That's not something. So don't try and make everybody and everything the same. The scripture is not that way. If you preach the scripture that way, you will leave the whole message unpreached. Yeah, because the the Bible is all about this is the way God is. It's all about God. It's, it's about Him bringing seasons, mm-hmm. bringing dispensations, mm-hmm. and there are complex workings around that that determines how seasons come. And then He expects men in their season of visitation to respond to God mm-hmm. in their season. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. Are you get what I'm saying? That in their own season, they should respond to God mm. in their season of, of visitation. Mm. Amen. Amen. Mm. Am I making sense to you? That, that's the way. <laughs> that's just the way the Bible, the Bible is, eh? Mm. Amen. So what we are teaching is this is just raw, clear, very clear scriptures. Even those who enter the wilderness, we will know the story enough so that not all of them even reach the end. There are some that God decided to kill along the way. Praise God. Many, not some, almost all of them. Literally all of them actually ended up dying. <laughs> so we shouldn't even be too happy that they are choosing. 
but we should be happy yeah, yeah. that we are chosen. Yeah. We should be happy that we are chosen. Do you know why? Because we have the we have the there are things that those guys did not have. There are things that they did not have. They did not have. They had a. They had a. They did not have the kind of intercessor that you have. They didn't have the kind of intercessor. I'm not trying to say, I'm not <laughs> belittling Aaron, but he had infirmities. He had limitation. Even Moses had infirmity. It, it took... It, it, it took commandment higher than the law to expose Moses' infirmities. Mm. But, but he had infirmity nonetheless. Even though according to the law, he was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But when it came to fulfilling codes, spiritual laws higher than the law, he broke one. Are you getting it? So, they did not have A, an intercessor who is without sin, who was who, who had been tempted in all points, yet without sin. They did not have an intercessor who ever lived. They did not have an intercessor who continued forever. They did not have that kind of an intercessor. Are you seeing that? That's why. That's why, you see, most of them could fall in that way. So don't be afraid eh, by... I'm just trying to encourage you so you won't be afraid by that phrase. <laughs> but I said that all of them, all of them fell down in the wilderness. Yeah, that's not your own path. That's not your own way. Amen. There's so much about... That's why the whole book of Hebrews is written so that you will not fall. Who wrote the who wrote Hebrews? Hebrews is a priestly book. That book of Hebrews was sanctioned by I'm sure by Jesus Himself. By because that the book of Hebrews is the an X-ray of His priesthood. Are you getting me? Is the is the showing of and that's why in that book of Hebrews they they spend time to expose the the fault of the first church in the wilderness. And what made them fall? What made them those things of an evil heart of unbelief, which they had in departing from the living God, in the way where they always erred in their hearts? Are you getting me? So, and they now said that all and all these things are written for our examples, so that we will not sin after the same manner, so that we will not fall after the same manner. Are you getting me? So don't worry, your own journey through the wilderness is not the same as the journey of the Israelites. You are journeying with a high priest who is, who is particular about you finishing your journey and finishing your race. And you will finish it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, so you, you, you have a high priest who, praise God, you have a high priest who is competent in the development of priests who is who knows how to raise priests 
who and purify them and sanctify them to a point where they are without infirmities. Praise God. So back to First Peter 2, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, right? Then you now become a holy nation and a peculiar people. Now that, that same progression is the same. You'll find it in Exodus chapter 19. The only thing is in chapter 19, the peculiar people, he, he, he mentioned it first. He calls it peculiar treasure in verse 5 because that is the actual destination that is really what they want to produce right so let's see verse 5 exodus 19 verse 5 it says now therefore if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant then what will happen then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me Above all people. So it means that that peculiar treasure above all people is seen as a peculiar people. Yes, sir. Right? So you, are, you will be a peculiar people mm. or a peculiar treasure mm. among all people. Mm. Praise God. You shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and then an holy nation. Amen. Amen. A kingdom of priests and an what? And holy nation, a kingdom of priests, and and what, and and holy nation, amen, amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. How many of us are interested in in priestly dominion? Yeah, priestly dominion, priestly dominion, to become. He said, and he has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And here he says, for all the earth is mine. So this nation, this peculiar treasure, is talking about a treasure among the nations. Right? Is a treasure among the what? The uh, among the nations. People who will who will be treasurable mm. among the nations of the earth. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. These are people who will be what? Treasurable? Among all the people and all the nations of the earth. So you see what exalts for this People to be a, he calls them a holy nation, mm-hmm. but we know that holy nation is people made up of people because of the priesthood mm. that makes them holy, mm. that exalts that exalts them above mm. above all people. Mm. The devil has lied to us and lied to. Christians and church people about the way of exaltation. Now, not exaltation, no one think speak about these things, we postpone it and think about how you will be useful as a priest to God in heaven. Let's, that's true, praise God. Let's just speak, calm down a little bit to the earth. 
praise God. He said he will make us kings and priests unto our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Amen. Amen. Now, the devil has lied to us, mainly Christians, about the way of exaltation on the earth. The way of exaltation on the earth. So, in a way, a way he has taken the earth as his own thing. Once you begin to learn about God, what, then he will now begin to tell you, okay, no, voila, no problem. Say you have decided to let go of this earth. This earth, you don't want, you will not have anything here. It's almost like a blackmail to your soul. Like, as if he has the possession, as if he owns the earth. That in order for you to live this kind of life, you are choosing to give the earth up. It's a sense, it's a feeling yeah. that you might have. So it seems as if you're, you are choosing between heaven. You know, there's a phrase that they say then that they should not become too heavenly. Yeah. Heavenly and then earthly was earthly useless. <laughs> and, and that thing is a, can be a fear to his soul. Kai, when you think of that thing, so you, I mean, I'll just lose all relevance on the earth and all. Then you're not consider yourself. No, well, we're enjoying heaven. Uh-uh. Praise God. I will enjoy it. Well, I will just enjoy it. I will suffer here. We'll suffer on the earth and enjoy in heaven. That's not true. Praise God. That's not true. This earth is actually a place of rain, you know. In fact, Jesus himself is still waiting to rain here. He hasn't really rained here yet. He's going to come back and it's going to rain mm. on the earth. Now, the earth has been seriously and terribly abused. Mm. This earth, well, what we know as earth now is not really what earth is. It's not what God created earth as, earth to be. Earth, what earth the devil has transformed the earth to look like is a place where it's like... It, as he has transformed the earth to be the house of vanity. Mm. That let vanity marry the earth. So let, when you are trying to define earth, let earth never be separated from vanity. Let earth be a, a thing for vanity. But I can bet you God never made the earth. God can never make such a thing. God can't make a thing and give it to vanity. That the earth, this is where men do vanity. Then heaven is where they do other things. Mm. That's not what the earth is, is mm. meant for. Mm. But yes. Satan came, took the earth, he has, and for a long time he has repurposed the earth and refashioned the earth. Mm. That every man on the earth must interpret the earth a certain way. Mm. And must not see any other use for the earth mm. apart from the living of vanity. Mm. Apart from the vain pleasures, the vain pursuits mm. of men. Mm. So, and you know, Satan is an abuser. Yeah. Once he comes anywhere, the, from the day that they gave him access to the earth, he started abusing it. Yeah. He brought all his chief abusers, all his evil spirits who know how to abuse things. Praise God. Yeah. They changed, they've abused, they brought forth a new, reculture the earth with a new thing, it's a new system called the world, a new, a new software. You know, the world is what, the, is what marries the earth with vanity. Yeah. And as long as the world is the system, is the prevailing way of life on the earth, then the earth will be a vain place. Mm. 
So, and when it's that way, and because of that, that's why every time it's hard to see the earth. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I pray the Lord will help us tonight. Maybe tonight might even be a short message if I'm able to pass this across because I'm, I don't, I'm just seeing one thing that the Lord wants to do tonight. It is, a, it's to bring some redefinitions. There are some redefinitions because there are some things that if they are not redefined to us, many of these things we are reading in the Bible will not make sense. Mm-hmm. And, then, and if they don't make sense, they won't register as a pursuit. Mm-hmm. They won't register properly in such a way that the soul can pursue it. Mm-hmm. And the devil wants it that way. Mm-hmm. Let us all just be blind and foolish and just only think futuristically mm-hmm. about the dominion mm-hmm. of the kingdom. Let us not gain any kind of expediency, mm-hmm. even in the present, for the pursuit of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. So, and what, what, is, what is the best way to do it? Let us, the devil's plan is let him turn the whole earth into a veiled material. Mm-hmm. Turn the earth into a veiled material and reinterpret what the earth means. Mm-hmm. Right? Let to flesh, to man, let man see earth as the place to spend his life. To, 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 to spend his what? To praise God. Let him, let him see the earth as a place for constant gratification of vanity and vain pursuit. Let him not think about of anything more from the earth or about the earth. Even when the, he gets born again and begins to hear about God and about eternal life, let him postpone it to heaven. Let him not think about the earth. When you are thinking about God, Christianity, eternal life, don't think about it and the earth. Only think about heaven. It's the devil who did that. He's a, he's a thief. He came. One of the greatest things Satan has stolen, which must be taken back from him, is the earth. Not just heaven. Not heaven. I, that, I see that thing called the earth. When God made it, he made it for something in the beginning. Yeah. It's a purpose. And that purpose for which God made the earth must be established. Yeah. Sorry, it must be actualized. It must happen. What God has designed to happen on the earth, the reason for which he made the earth must happen, means the earth must be taken back. It must be reclaimed. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing that? Are you getting what I'm saying? So when we say earth now, by earth I mean everything that is earth that God made as earth. And that includes the spiritual dimension of it. Then that also includes the physical materiality. Of the earth. The physical materiality. Are you seeing everything? Now, when Jesus himself personally comes back to the earth to reign, which he will, and he will reign with his sense, he's not going to stay once, you know, one little we can picture it. There will be a new, maybe we have, how many continents do we have now? 
seven. Let's say we add another one, but that one will not be physical. That one to get access, you have to travel to maybe the the center of the Atlantic, you know, the place where the Atlantic and the Pacific, where the jam in the middle there. When you get the portal, will open into the spirit. Then you see the whole world there. Like I said, that's the world where Christ would reign. <laughs> Then maybe men here won't be seeing him every day. He will just be a spirit. No. When he comes here, Christ, when he will, he will reign on the earth. There will, be, there, will be, there will be no part of the earth, not part of the earth, no part of the element that will not experience that his reign will not touch. Even the physical earth. And when it's going to come, it's going to come with his fullness. He will come with a body that can live here. Yeah. Wow. I mean, first of all, even think, I, I, I remember this, we hardly think to that area at all. Mm-hmm. We hardly even remember. We, we always think about the earth as this, this earth is just waiting, it's like a vesture, shall he wrap it up? <laughs> we are done with this place. <laughs> like a vesture. We are, we are all waiting for it to just go. War to come. We are waiting for war to come. Thank God we are going to wait for war to come. We are going to hasten for it. We are going to, but you see, if, you are, if you're waiting for war to come, is let this world quickly go. Let me go into war to come in, in terms of almost as if a physical passing away of the earth and if almost a physical bringing in of the world to come. You don't, it then means that you don't, you don't get it. You don't get it. Those who, that war to come, they are speaking of. Guys, it's not for guys to be waiting for. You know, they are already, guys are already receiving it. And, and the guys who are already receiving it, they, are not, they don't care. They are not rushing for the physical manifestation of it. Because that's not where it is. When the time comes, that will happen. What that war to come... The physical materiality of the world to come is not as important as what the, the materiality is, is keeping mm. or the content of it. Mm. The content of the world to come mm. is not some kind of physical materiality which will manifest. It's something that, can, that is journeying into the present. It is traveling into the present. That thing is what we call righteousness. Mm. Where we look for, we hasten for it. We look for new heavens and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. It's, it's about what is dwelling in, in that world. You bring in. Should I tell you the secret? What will make this present, the present materiality of this earth and heaven to pass away is when you're able to bring in the substance of the new heaven and the new earth into the present. It is the reign of eternal life. And life in the present that will make the present agree and say, okay, we are not, it's, we are not good enough for this expression of life. Another that's better should come. <laughs> so, you see, you find out that Christians are not really, really, when you really check it, even many of us who have already come into part of learning, Christ, we are not really that interested in reigning on the earth. Mm. 
we are not really very interested in raining on the earth. We are not very interested in raining. We see being here as just punishment. Ah, will it one day come where mm. ah, heaven, no more temptation, no more devil to talk to me, no more lust, <laughs> no more. Ah, all I will feel every day is just glory and <laughs> spirit, and it is an escapist mentality. It's like an, that kind of, you know, there's a kind of thinking. We are, not, we are not conditioned to fight the present forces that has held our, this world hostage. This present hostage that has subjected it to the bondage of corruption. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, the Lord made it clear, even with the example of the Jews, that there is something about this earth. There is something about their calling and and the earth. Praise God. Amen. Verse 5, it says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, that's Exodus 19 verse 5, and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the what? Earth is mine. For all the earth. What is the meaning of that? For all the earth is mine. So the reason why you need to become a peculiar treasure is because all the earth is mine. It's because you becoming a peculiar treasure has something to do with the earth. Or the earth being his. Praise God. Remember after he took the book when he sang that all kingdoms of the world... Oh, sorry, that, that happened later in chapter 11. Amen. Amen. I become, that's when the, 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 the covenant began to be seen in the temple. Mm-hmm. That all the kingdom of this world have become the kingdom of our God and, and of his Christ. Praise God. It means that all the dominions of the world have given way mm-hmm. for the dominion of our God and of his Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, how, now, what are we talking about this I'm talking about the earth and all, and all. the elements are raining on the earth, raining on the earth, raining on the earth. Amen. Amen. We're talking about being able to being able, able to to live out the life of God mm. in your mortal body. Mm. Mm. Say mortal. Mortal. 
body. body. In your mortal body. While you are in your... That mortal body is your point of contact with when you say earth. Personally, that's what earth is to you. To start with. So, any dominion that is you are doing outside your, your body, that is... You know what things we term as dominion, 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 dominion. This dominion, that yeah. dominion, dominion. Have, most of the time, it always has to do with going to do something mm-hmm. that has no impact on on what mm. your it means. You are not really, you are not really touching the earth yeah. per se. The only way you can prove that you are affecting the earth is you must be affecting your body. You must be affecting. What is the, the laws of your body? The, the, the laws that your body is, up, is doing. It's operating. That is actually the proof. That is the measurement of your, of that, you are, that you actually praise God. That you, are, that you are bringing the dominion of God into the, into the earth. So, yeah, so it's very clear that it has nothing to do with maybe systems of governance in that kind of way, that kind of outward way. Mm-hmm. Right? Now let's pray that all the kingdoms become ruled by Christians. Or That's not God's... God's goal is not that the constitution of nations mm-hmm. all change and they now bring Bible as their constitution. Mm-hmm. And they bring the, most, the holiest priest or pastor as the president. I would say now God's kingdom has come to the nation. That's not the kingdom of God coming to the earth. That's not the kingdom of God coming to the earth. People, you know, we've preached all kinds of message. Take the kingdom to your, the marketplace. What does that mean? Which marketplace? Right? So is it maybe your, your job or, or what is it? Is it the stock market or is it your, where? Wall Street. Is it Wall Street? Is that the marketplace? <laughs> so what does taking a kingdom to Wall Street look like? <laughs> Sorry? Be the best in Wall Street? Yes. Huh. <laughs> and, and convert who? Or maybe, maybe it means going to evangelize to everybody, right? Yeah. Maybe at your workplace and also they maybe they all do what? They will be praying in the morning before they will be praying in the morning. <laughs> Devotion before they steal money. You don't know that's what they do there. The day you say Wall Street, no more stealing here. That day, there's nothing called Wall Street. How <laughs> I many of you believe me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the day you say that, no more was, no more stealing now. Nobody can steal. If, if everybody in Wall Street give their life to Christ, and they all change. <laughs> Do you know how many nations we go poor? (laughs) 
know how many nations we go for? Hmm. Do you know how many people we go for? Hmm. Do you know how many people's life savings will end? Will go? Hmm. All their investment funds and everything. How how do you think your investment fund gets enriched? Is it true? Is it true raw productivity? No. It's just someone who you just give your investment to somebody who can steal better than you. But if they leave you, you can't steal the, what the way he can steal. <laughs> but his own stealing is legal. But he's still stealing. Amen. I'm sorry I'm saying all these things, please. Oh, I'm not. Uh, amen. But I'm, this is just the honest truth, man. This whole world is. Uh, are you getting me? So that idea of taking over the world, taking over, let's go and evangelize and convert everybody, that's not what the picture of kingdom coming to the earth looks like. In, in fact, even that season of Jesus' reign, when he actually comes physically, there will still be people who are unbelievers. They will still be living on the earth at that time. Imagine Jesus will be here on the earth doing his thing. There will still be guys who are still unbelievers who are living in, on the earth at that time. So that should answer your question that Jesus reign, God reigning here is not about converting everybody or anything like that. The measure of taking earth is it is a critical God is not looking for people who Praise God. Like the same way when he brought this nation. You see everything we are reading in Exodus chapter 19. Mm -hmm. What he begins to say from verse 5. You know verse 4. He he spoke about how he brought them out. Then verse 5. Now say if you will will obey my voice. When he begins to say that. This if you obey my voice does not include the Egyptians. Mm -hmm. It doesn't include anybody as Israel. That they didn't join that chosen company. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, God's vision of kingdom excludes anybody who is not in this chosen company. So, the kingdom coming on the earth is not a spreading thing, per se. I have to be very careful the way I'm using my language now, because, uh, you know, there's a way I can sound that it will make... To see myself, I'm saying that evangelism is you shouldn't be evangelizing nations. You know how it says go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature and all that. And <laughs> praise God. That we will do, that we should do. But let's say you preach to everybody, not every I can guarantee not everybody will repent. Yeah. Are you getting me? Yes, then out of those who will repent, not any not all of them will be interested in anything called priestly calling. Yeah. Means there will be masses of people who are on the earth, who might even be Christians, but are still not interested in the priestly color. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, there's no, God's plan of dominion on the earth does not involve forcing those people into this. It's not about them. It's not about spreading like that. That's not the way God has dominion. That's not the, his own concept of dominion. So, any instruction he's giving concerning dominion is, is speaking to his chosen. So, the reign on the earth 
It has to do with those who have been called, who have received the priestly calling. Yeah. What are they doing with it? Yeah. So, but the, and the devil, but the devil's trick is that let us, those of us who have the call, let's forget about our calling. Let's now try and go out and change everybody. And be busy doing that. But forget what the true priestly mandate is all about. As pertaining to the pertaining to the earth. As pertaining to the earth. As pertaining to to what? As pertaining to the earth. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, when you, if you're able to picture, so the question is, what does a soul now that is, so this thing they call a, a, a someone who has a priestly dominion. Yeah. What does such a soul look like? Yeah. What is, that's kind of, so what is their relationship with the earth? Yeah. What is, it, what is a, a soul who is, a soul who has, who has come into a priestly relationship? Of course, with who is on the earth, who ha- who is a priest on the earth, what do they, what do they look like? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. One of the key indicators of priesthood. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Thank you, Father. The book of Romans, chapter 8, just quickly read. Verse one. We'll just go a few through a few verses that we are familiar with. From verse one, it says, "There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, right? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the word spirit." Uh, they, they walk not after the flesh, but they walk after the spirit. Yeah. Now, that word, the word after, say walking after. Walking after the flesh. The, the word walking after, that word actually, it it is tied somehow to the word leading, right? Because 
when you're walking after something, you're being led in a sense by it. And that word for, if you take that word leading, if we can, or if we can take it further, that definition, it means what you walk after is something you are subject to. Okay. You are a subject to that thing. Uh-huh. You are a subject to it. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, he says that those there's down no condemnation to those who who are them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. They walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Why? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin had done what? Condemned sin in the flesh. Had condemned sin in the flesh. So that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Amen. Amen. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. That would mind so that what you are devoted to. Mm-hmm. Verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and what? And peace. See, this spiritually minded called life and peace is what is the royal priesthood. Is a, is a place of peace. Those who have made peace with God. How have they made peace? Because there are no more enemies. They because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the covenant of God. Neither indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen. Amen. For the carnal mind is not... Is enmity against God. That word enmity means they don't agree. Mm-hmm. There is no point of agreement. Mm-hmm. With God. Mm-hmm. So, the bringing in, what, who does a man look like? A man who has, who has come into a place of reigning on the earth. Mm-hmm. Is a man who can walk on the earth. In agreement with God. Mm. A soul that can walk on the earth in agreement with God. Mm. That's it. Mm. 
has is not relative to the to men, mm. the time, the season, the systems, mm. the the thing, the culture of the day, mm. the expediency, mm. the the legitimacy and all that of mm. men. Mm. It has it has nothing to do with that. Mm. Reigning on the earth has nothing. It has nothing to do with relevance, mm. both financially, culturally. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with status. Mm. It has nothing to do with anything. It has nothing to do with how rich you are or how poor you are. Mm. It has to do with your alignment, your agreement with God. Do you know that that thing called agreement with God is, is now out of date for men to, to glorify and and find value in that thing. There's a way God has been pushed and packaged and branded now in this this society. God is no longer seen as a... (laughs) Praise God. God is no longer seen as... God, the kind of God that is now presented, not just only in the world, though, even to a large degree in the church now, mm. or in some, some aspects of the church, mm. is not a living God. Mm. Right? He's not a living God. He's a God because there's something, you know, men are becoming wiser. Evil spirits are, t- are teaching them somehow. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, it, and it's just a journey. You know, the evil spirit, they don't start with you. Mm. The end. They don't bring the end to, at the beginning. They start from the beginning and they deviate and deviate and diminish and kill and erode and erode till you one day you arrive at the Correct. end. Praise the Lord. So you can't start with you can't start with removing God. You have to kill him first. One, one philosopher said God is dead. He, he, he declared God dead. How many, how many uh, praise God, a while back ago. Yeah. And, what, and what he was saying was, what he was actually speaking of was more of a deeper problem in terms of, he was speaking yeah. in terms of man, man's perception of God, how, yeah. man's, how man relates with God. Yeah. That meant God was alive for, for a while. But men got to a point that in order to advance further, they have to kill God. They, they must kill him. He must not be alive and talking. They have to kill him. Praise God. <laughs> so, so God is no longer treated like... By, like a living yeah. entity yeah. with an active will yeah. that can impose upon man and that men are required to adhere to mm. and live by. Praise God. Hallelujah. When you look at a good place to really witness the death of God is science. It's in science, the projection of science. You know, science was first of all, initially, science was, when science was birthed initially, science was more of a way to discover God. 
right? In other words, there was an acknowledgement of our God has done all these things. God has put all these things in nature for us. Let's go and discover what God has done. That was, that, that was the birth of science. Science started out that way. Praise God. Hallelujah. But the thing with that approach of, to, towards science is that there's an inherent sense of boundaries. Mm-hmm. That the person where, from where this thing is coming from is infinite and he has boundaries and we must be careful mm-hmm. you know, in what we do. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. But after a while, scientific exploration, invention, whatever you call it, continued to a point where it's no longer about the discovery of what God has done. It's now about the things that men need to be done. They are not the same. Science before was about discovering what God has done, how to use it. Out. But now, science now had to be, become about the things that meeting, it became primarily about meeting the needs of men. Yes, about what men want. Yeah. And in order for you to do that, you will now discover that, you will discover clear areas where Science, the way your trajectory of science is, is diverging from everything we know mm. in human memory. Mm. About, I'm not even talking about just maybe Judeo Christian faith, I'm just talking about just memory of God mm. that is in man. You know, you can, I can talk about that area without talking about it spiritually. Mm. Yeah. You can talk about what God put in man, mm-hmm. which is something spiritual, which is actually things we have inherited all the way from Adam which is the, the consciousness of God, mm. praise the Lord, Hallelujah. which men have been custody of, which men have been killing gradually for a long time. Mm. Amen. Amen. Science, my prediction for the future is that after a while, even the definition of science will change. Science, as we know it, might not be what we, it seems to be. After a while, later on, science will become what is generally accepted. Science, after a while, will no longer be objective anymore. <laughs> and we're already moving into that, that terrain. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, like the Bible, God created man and woman, right? Mm-hmm. We came, we met that. That has been how it has been mm-hmm. right from time. Mm-hmm. We saw it, we discovered it, and we began to study man and study woman. Mm-hmm. We study the man, the man physically, mm-hmm. study the woman physically, even psychologically. Mm-hmm. The body parts, the attributes, the genes, the chromosomes, the X chromosomes, Y chromosomes. We mapped it out. Science helped us. And that was under the light that the, based on under the consciousness of God, mm-hmm. that God permitted us to study that. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Amen. But after a while, you're not seeing science now, and the <laughs> you're not saying that this man and woman thing that God made is no longer useful to us. We now we need more other kinds. Mm-hmm. 
Are you getting me? Now, the, and the, the truth is that for you to have that, you must kill God first. Yeah. Yes, sir. Right? You can't actively yeah. agree that God is the one who created man and woman and then say that, no, we want another one. You yeah. can't. Before you get to that point, you must have killed God first. That No, God is not really a, a being there. God is just an idea. It's a concept that has been... I <laughs> get what I'm trying to say. And, and the funny thing about this, the whole thing, that maybe a man can become a woman, a woman can become a man, is that when you go into just the raw science, the common sense science of ages past, the, what a man is and what a woman is is very clear. There's no mixture at all. Down to the, check, check the blood inside the chromosome, you can tell X, Y, and uh, X, X, they are different. The cell of a man and the cell of a woman, they are different. That's science. Now, but do you know that right now in many scientific communities, you can't dare say that. Even though the science says it, you can't say it. It is now, what do you call it? Homophobia, I don't know, what do you call it now? Even their words are not even correct. Or, or bigotry or something. They've not, found, they've not, transphobia, sorry, that's the word that they use for it. Amen. Amen. So you, you get to a time where things that have been scientifically established with, with pure scientific light, mm. they will begin to come and they, their own their desire of depravity and, and deviance, mm. praise God, mm. will, they will, <laughs> that will take a, a front stage, it will be more important what you feel about a thing than what it actually is at that time. That is the, the that's when you are moving into the season of delusions. Like the Bible says, it will allow them to go into strong delusions. And they should, be, they should believe a lie. Because they refuse to retain God in their knowledge. You will give them up to a reprobate mind. Amen. Amen. Imagine young kids who are growing up in this kind of climate now where all of a sudden the difference between a man and a woman is. They say you, can't, you should not call it trans. You know, you know, you cannot even call somebody a trans, a transgender woman. Mm. Let's say a man, who, who who is a man biologically, mm. becomes a woman and says he's now a woman. Mm. You can't even call him that. Okay, I'm calling you man. I just want to say you are a trans woman. Mm. That is also transphobia. You must say he's just a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Then the question I will ask you is that what define woman? Mm. Right? If you're going to use the word woman at all, woman must have a meaning, right? How do you define a woman? Mm. If we change everything, it's such just round, it's a stupidity. Now, what makes men be able to do that? It's because the farther you are from the consciousness of God, you lose your mind, mm. you lose your senses. You lose your mind. You lose your senses. You start doing things that are actually contrary to your own nature. 
your own, the order of your own existence. You start doing things contrary even to humanity. And it's very clear that the devil is the one doing, doing all those things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So the world is actually a, it's an, it's a, an evolving organism mm. who has an, it has an end state. It's evolving towards a certain, mm. a certain place. Mm. Amen. Amen. Um, the reason why I, I said some of these things is I just want to give some of I know we all know these things, but I want, us, I want us to show that we know that these things are happening, of course. But I want, I want us to see that... Um, that thing of a soul in the end time, a soul that is keeping the covenant of God. Mm. That will not just be an ordinary soul. Mm. It will have to be a supernatural soul. Mm. To be able to keep the covenant. What's the covenant? It means you are keeping the agreement with, with God in that kind of a world. I just give us a preamble of where the world is going to. Where we are heading into, we are heading into season of collective global delusions. Imagine a global a society where to accommodate a tiny bit of people who have mental problems, right? Like a man who is a man and says he's a woman. He has a mental problem. That's a mental problem. There's something wrong with you. So imagine a world where, and you know, we, we, we think it's, we, are, we love them. So in order to accommodate or align with a few set of people who are mentally disturbed, mm. we change the meaning mm. of our entire mm. vocabulary. Yeah. We change the meaning of science. Praise God. Hallelujah. We change nature mm. to accommodate a depravity and to accommodate right? Mm. Yeah. Amen. To accommodate deviancy in from deviation from natural order. Mm. Means that, it means that this is something we are not in our clear minds. Yeah. Right, there's this, the spirit of the world is getting stronger yes, and stronger. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, any soul who has a destiny to carry God, to hold God in this last time, mm. you can't do it with a natural strength. Mm. There must be something supernatural mm. about you. You yourself, you must be, you must ha- you must be you must have your own body, your own flesh, your own person must be under a superior dominion mm. to the dominion that is in the world. Mm. What the Lord wanted to protect Israel from or keep them from, when he say a holy nation, mm. is a nation that's separated from the Gentiles, mm. from the rest of the nations of the earth. Mm. A nation that is free of their pollutions. Nation that's free of their or the their idols, that's free of their way of life. Right? That's what you call a holy nation. 
Praise God. Now it would take a soul, a, a soul who has not had made agreement with God. If you have not made agreement with God in your heart, when arguments come, you will buy into them. After a while, they will begin to make sense to you. Do you understand? If we think maybe on in our own generation, now to us, based on our, based on our own natural memory, mm. it, might, it might still be very clear to us that there's something wrong with this thing. No man, someone who's a man can become a woman. Mm. Someone who's a woman can become a man. But imagine a child that's born into a, a time when, in the world, that's a common thing. Amen. Amen. And that is just an example of all the many things that have been tampered with in our current world as we see it. So the only hope is that there must be people who inside of them is the record of the laws of God. The standard of fear. When, at the time when men's love has grown cold, God means nothing to men anymore. You know that thing called the fear of God, the memory of God? It's not going to be, it's not going to be inside church buildings. Right, or neither the, the, the fact that we have scriptures that has this, that has the word written, does will not guarantee that the fear of God will remain on the earth. Many of these developed nations, it's not like for lack of Bibles. There are Bibles in the bookshops everywhere, but death is ravaging every in every place. That will tell you the the scripture written inside the book on the shelf in the bookstores or lying around in churches around the nation mm. is not enough mm. to keep a nation mm. or to keep the memory of God mm. on the earth. Mm. There must be a people mm. who have, in whom the law of yeah. God, the fear of God, has been interpreted into them, mm. into their nature. How? Yeah. By... Is by by reign, mm. agreement, God reigning in men. It is men who in who God is reigning in that will carry the remembrance of God mm. on the earth. Yes. That's the purpose of a royal priesthood or a, a holy nation mm. is the people who have become peculiar mm. by what they have inherited, inherited mm. because they have become, they've embodied the covenant mm. they've embodied the laws of, mm. their, of their God 
you know this thing we call this thing called fear of the Lord, or make peace with God, or, or, or let's say that one fear of the Lord, right? Because because I said before that the fear of the Lord is the is the sign of dominion, right? When you have when you are begin to operate in fear, mm. right? Or, or what you call judgment, sorry, mm. yeah, that thing called judgment, mm. right? Now that thing called judgment. Judgment you can't read just read judgment from pages mm. of the Bible. Mm-hmm. If if you don't embody the life, mm. let's say the life that is being revealed now mm. on the earth, you, you postpone it. Mm. Or as life is coming, you're not capturing life. Mm. Let's say we stop capturing life. Mm. <laughs> right? We are <laughs> We then if we don't capture it, mm. we don't leave it, mm. we can't pass it on, we can't um after a while, let's don't forget about passing it on. After a while it will we, there's no way it will be found in the midst of us mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Are you getting me? Like, thank God, as much as it's coming, we are writing notes and all of that thing, all of those things. That's just to help us to embody the, the agreement. Ultimately, the way God is carried is by how much of his law have been written on the inside of your heart. It's the writing of the law upon the heart of men. That's, that is how, that's the, the, the foundation for the reign of God inside a man. And, in, and through that, that's how God will reign on the earth. That's how God will reign on the earth. So, those who have been chosen, they have been chosen for to come and embody the what? The life. To embody the covenant. To embody the priesthood. To fully embody it. Praise God. Hallelujah. And as you are embodying that life, from what we read, we didn't have time to, to really explain that romance very well. But as you are embodying it, that is how the, you are removing, you are dealing with sins. Mm-hmm. You are eradicating the reign of sin yes, upon the earth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. By obeying the laws and obeying the covenant, so that if you will keep my words, right, if you, you do them, you obey my words and keep my covenant, you shall become a peculiar word, treasure unto me. So people who are a peculiar treasure unto him are, those who have embodied his word, who have, who have his word, who have kept his covenant, they are, become, they are the ones who become peculiar treasures unto him. That is the calling that, is a calling that God is giving to us. That is our, our task. Our task is the, is the embodiment of the covenant. The body of the 
of the content of of the of the priesthood. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And we have to we have to be serious with it. Obeying instruction by instruction, commandment by commandment, obeying, being careful to observe to and to do all that has been that has been commanded. As the Holy Ghost is expounding it, explaining it, making the commandment, the expectations clearer to our soul. The the spirit of counsel is speaking more. Spirit of counsel details your the, the way you ought to live in obedience to the covenant. We are supposed to be responding. Responding to that. By doing that we are we are laying hold on the reign of life. And we are dealing with the reign of sin. The reign of sin in us should no longer be tolerated anymore. Rather, we should allow God, allow Christ to reign in us. We no longer walk after the flesh, but we walk after the spirit. So a soul who is reigning is the soul that doesn't walk after the flesh. A soul that walks after the spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I pray God has blessed us today. Okay, um, amen. amen. Do we have any questions? I think I think we are good to stop. We're good to stop there today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Any questions? Based on what I what we said, <laughs> I don't know if I said anything that uh, is uh, that that brings more light, more clarity to what we've been saying. Amen. Um, but if there's anything you should take, just know that there's more emphasis on the on allowing. Let the let the light, the law, revelation, whatever it is, let it touch your earth, touch your body. Allow it to rule, to reign. Allow it to to rule, allow it to reign, and don't. It, it doesn't have to be some very very nice and clean and tidy process. It's a, it's a very messy process. The way the wilderness journey was a messy process, but you can be you can be. There's a way you can be counting victories day after day as you are responding. You are yielding by grace. Therefore, you are you are making sure that you won't be you're not forgetful here, but you become a doer of the work. The Bible says that such a blessing, that's the person that will be blessed. Mm. What he does, uh, praise God. Amen. The Lord will give us strength. And it will it will empower us. It will empower us for the uh, this um this wonderful, awesome, glorious uh responsibility that he has given to Respond to His grace and His mercy. That's uh, that's flowing to us. That's flowing in our lives and flowing in our flowing in our hearts. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Um, Father, we thank you. I pray for everyone. I ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, um, let um, turn these words into strength. 
um, in the in our hearts, in our deaths, Lord. I use it to awaken the re- awaken response, ability to respond to your commandment that begin to create new altars of agreement, new points of agreement within our soul. Begin to empower us more, Lord, to cut covenants, to make more covenants of agreement with you. That let our heart come be at home with that great expectation of reigning. That the, the importance of your you having your way, say that the kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, turn our earth, turn our clay, turn our body into a place where your will will be continuously done. Into a house, turn us into a house of your will. Turn us into machines that will constantly execute your will, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask and I pray for empowerment, Lord, for every soul. That this time, this year, in this season, as many who need to turn a new leaf, whose feet needs to be established in the, in the way of the Spirit. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that such souls, such hearts will find establishment in the mighty name of Jesus. We receive great strength. We we pray that you will will mount up with wings as eagles, that we will be able to ascend. We ascend by instruction. We ascend by counsel. As we are obeying all that you reveal to us, we will begin to experience such ascension in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You